But now we're coming out of into 2021 and we're now trying to figure out where do we go from here. And strategy from a pricing perspective is one of the critical elements that retailers are investing in. And the reason why is simple, right? Like pricing, like I said, is the fastest lever you can pull to impact any of your financial metrics, to impact your supply chain, to impact unit velocity, your price perception, your branding. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Pricing has always played an important role in retail businesses, right? Whether you're a small mom and pop shop or you're part of a global retail business, you need good pricing in order to remain competitive, to maximize your margins, and most of all, to win and keep your customers. But with so many new factors at play, right? Rising price sensitivity among consumers, inflation, supply chain constraints, omni-channel imperatives, it seems like all of the factors are stacking up against us. But there's a way around it. There's a way to remain competitive in your pricing strategies and also make the best, most effective decisions for your brand and for your consumers. I unpack all of this and more today with Matt Pavich, who is Managing Director of Global Strategic Consulting at Revionics, an Aptos company, and Honestly, pricing is what they do. So what better company to have on the show and what better person to dig into this with me today? Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. Great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Alicia. So for those listening now that may be unfamiliar with Revionics, why don't you give us a high-level overview of the company, what you guys do, especially now that Revionics is part of the Aptos family? Yeah, I can definitely do that. So Aptos is obviously a major global leader in retail software, right? So we have recently joined the Aptos family because they offered a lot of fantastic things within their solution. But one of the things that they didn't offer was pricing. So they went out and uh, looked around and decided that Revionics would be a great fit. And it really has been. It's been a one plus one equals three relationship with all of the things that they bring to the table and all the things that we bring to the table. And to give kind of a background on Revionics and why we are leaders in the space of pricing we are the pioneers of bringing AI to pricing. And, and by saying that, I mean actual AI. A lot of companies claim to use AI. But really, we were the first ones to have that foresight to really bring that into pricing. We were also um, the pioneers of transparency and pricing, right? So in the early days of price optimization, there was a lot of black box sort of solutions that okay, we would recommend a price, but there was no idea how we got to that price or understanding of the underlying science behind that for the everyday user, right? So we brought that transparency. We brought that AI. And then finally, we've always just been really customer obsessed, really focused on great support models and hiring experts and bringing in 
the type of people who really understand retail and pricing onto our teams so that when we are in a room with retailers, we could really speak retail and be the experts. So Revionic started uh, 2002, fast forward almost 20 years. We are now the global leader in price optimization. Um, we have clients all over the globe where we work with numerous tier one retailers and a bunch of smaller retailers, and we work across numerous retail verticals. So one of the nice things about working for Revionics is you constantly learn from the, the large community of great retailers that we work with, and you develop all these great best practices because you have that experience and that expertise having worked with so many great retailers and, and seen so many things over the years. That's great. And I'm sure we'll get into some of the key value props, such as you know use of AI that improve transparency throughout our conversation today. But I think the big one, part of the reason why I wanted to speak with you today is that pricing has always been a recurring topic in the way of retail strategy, right? Especially due to the rise of Amazon. We saw consumers really gravitate to the marketplace because it was offering not just expansive assortment, but also expansive assortment at competitive pricing. Obviously, we've seen that evolve over time. We saw them really be able to adapt their pricing strategies based on numerous conditions. And the conversations were always around, how do we as retailers keep pace with that level of sophistication, of granularity, whatever you want to call it, right? And one phrase that has always come up over and over again is avoid the race to the bottom, especially when we're talking about pricing, right? So I guess the big question for you is, why is this something that we as an industry can't seem to get away from when we talk about pricing? Is it just because there are so many players that keep popping up promising great assortment at the best possible prices? Yeah, no, I think being competitive is obviously one of the chief priorities that every retailer should aim for, right? And it, you know, it depends on what your products are and what you're offering and where you stand kind of in that quality range of, of different product offerings, right? But at the end of the day, your price perception is your number one asset in a lot of cases, right? It's something that is very important to your brand. It's a key part of what you offer to customers. And if you really distill retail down to its essence, right, it's about supply and demand, right? And the fastest way to influence demand is through pricing, right? You take prices up, you take prices down, you can shift sales volume. It is literally the fastest lever that any retailer can pull to impact their financial results, impact their brand image, impact their inventory levels by increasing unit velocity and things like that. So it is a critical tool. And I think the way you avoid that race to the bottom is by implementing best practices, right? Very few retailers can just continue to match the lowest price in the market and move down because there's different cost structures, there's different supply chain advantages, right? So the key is, is to really implement the best pricing strategies and processes along with the best technologies and pricing platforms to make sure that you're moving on all of the right items when you're trying to be competitive and you're not forcing every item to be the lowest price in the market. And that really requires the right analytics. It requires the right best practices. And it requires really making sure that you're understanding that competitive landscape in the first place. You know, you have different competitors in different channels, in different regions, in different formats. So it really is a combination of a lot of things. And the, the right retailers are using all of the right tools in there that are available to them to make sure that they're doing the right things. So I want to double click on, on a few things that you just shared in your last response, because as I 
have reported on pricing, researched pricing strategies, and obviously I'm not as sophisticated as, as you are and as knowledgeable in this space as you are. There's largely been conversations around in order to have the best pricing strategy and and be able to maximize that revenue potential or that sales potential, you have to have that competitor understanding, right? And and you shared that a little bit in your last response. But it seems like the factors that drive successful pricing strategies are a bit more complex complex than that or a bit more nuanced, I guess you could say. Is that am I am I getting that right? Because I feel like when you think about pricing, you brought up it's also a, a brand perception thing too, which I find to be an interesting point. So I mean I I'd love your take on the evolution of pricing strategy as a whole, you know, maybe how it's evolved from largely just competitor-based to maybe something a bit more complex or, or nuanced than that. I'm just trying to get a feel for how we've how we've evolved, I guess, from from the past few years. Yeah, no. So pricing is clearly evolving. It's evolving at the fastest rate I've ever seen. But if you think of pricing from its very early days, and by early days, you can take this even back to like ancient marketplaces, right? It was cost plus, right? Like I bought this product for X, I need to sell it for Y, otherwise I lost out. And this is, you know, even going back to the barter system, that's that's what people were doing, right? So cost plus was still and is still with some unsophisticated retailers a major element of their pricing strategy, right? So that's that's the earliest phase of pricing sophistication, right? I, I bought something for X, I need to charge Y to come out ahead. And that's important. You need to come out ahead, right? You need to get a margin. So that still needs to be an input into considerations. And going from there, it went into more simple competitive rules-based pricing where, okay, here are my top two competitors, so I need to match them on every item, or I need to match them on the 200 items that have the highest sales volume, right? Not very sophisticated from an analytical perspective, very much reactive, very much we're trying to hit a certain margin, but if our competitor is moving in a certain direction, we have to we have to move along with them, right? So, and then the next level of evolution is really bringing in that balance and that sophistication and that optimization. And that's really having the balanced approach. And if you think about the balanced approach, that's making sure that you're listening to your consumer's data and you're taking the pricing actions on the ones that are most important to your shoppers. And you're taking those prices and being competitive on those. But then you're getting the margin on the back end on items that maybe are less elastic or less important from a price perception perspective. And it's really that balance that is important because very few customers, as we've said earlier, or very few retailers, as I've said earlier, can just take their prices down on everything and hope to beat Amazon and, and Walmart and you know some of the, the super discounters that they, they fight against, right? So you need to have that balance and it needs to be analytically driven. You need to be looking at how your customers have responded to price changes in the past, who your customers are, et cetera. And I think that's kind of the strategy behind it. And then obviously it's it's expanded and grown in the years to become more dynamic and faster. So we talk about competitive and it used to be you would get information about what your competitors' prices were. For some retailers, it was every three months, sometimes even every six months, sometimes weekly, right? It has sped up dramatically in the past couple of years. So we're not only seeing that the competitive pressure is higher and greater and that there's less brand loyalty than ever, but we're seeing that you have to be very dynamic. So you still have to pay attention to your competitors and use that as a key input, 
but you have to be competitive where it matters the most. And you also have to find those other areas where you can be a little less competitive and that can help fund the investment in your competitive strategy. That's great. I'm glad you brought the consumer into this, right? Because consumers should play a role in any retail strategy. And I, I think the most fascinating for me is that there are so many factors, you know, from, from a consumer perspective that may impact our take on pricing, you know, how important it is to the decision-making process and, and our, our overall perception of these pricing strategies, right? So, I mean, I think whether it's a, a true need for us individually, you know, maybe if it's something we want quickly that we need now, we may be more willing to pay a little bit extra to get it now, but also is there a better perceived value for us personally? Like, I feel like it's, there are so many factors, both intrinsic intrinsic and extrinsic that kind of impact our price consciousness or our responsiveness to price decisions on the retailer's part. So I would love your take because, you know, you're working with retailers day in and day out. You're helping to create this technology to help them be far more sophisticated in their pricing strategies. I mean, what's happening in in your mind from the consumer standpoint? Like how much are they looking at price right now? You you brought up the issues surrounding brand loyalty, brand switching. I'm sure price plays into that in in a certain respect. So what what do you think are the most critical issues right now at, at the consumer level? Yeah, so I think consumers are more educated about price positions than ever before, right? So COVID threw a unique situation at the market, a situation which a lot of retailers were already dealing with, where people would go in and compare prices on big ticket items or electronics or things like that when making purchases, right? But if you think about some retail verticals like grocery, right? Like once you walked into the door of a grocery store, they pretty much had your share of wallet for that afternoon, right? If you had to get groceries for the next week, you weren't comparing another grocer down the street. You might set something down and not put it in your cart when you look at it and say, oh man, I don't want to pay $5.99 for this jar of whatever, right? But at the end of the day, the competitive transparency was not as dynamic and real time as it is today. Now you fast forward to today where we're at, right? You can literally have two grocery delivery orders open on separate tabs on your computer. And both of those deliveries are coming from local grocery stores. Both of them are going to come to your house sometime that afternoon. And you can literally go in and compare the exact same item in real time. So the competitive need to be in line with your competition and the consumer's awareness of pricing is at an all-time high. Now, if you factor in on top of that, the fact that Brand loyalty is at an all-time low, right? So we're seeing, and there's different reports out there, whether it's McKinsey's, where there's 40% of people have switched brands or retailers. I've seen some numbers up to 75 to 90%. We're at a unique situation where not only are competitors more aware of things, but they're also more willing to try other things, and they're more willing to try other channels and other banners and brands and formats altogether. So you have to be extra careful from that perspective. And then on top of that, if you just think about some of the macroeconomics, right, there's a lot going on with consumers, right? You know, some people are still recovering from the recession. You know, budgets are tighter. Inflation is impacting that. And it's impacting beyond retail, trying to buy a car or rent a car or things like that. You'll see that there's prices there that are just at extreme levels. So people have tighter budgets that they're trying to squeeze into more things. And that that just becomes an even bigger part of the the equation today that we've never really ran into before. Yep, definitely some very valid points. And I know there have been a lot of reports and 
commentators basically saying that there are some ways to win back that customer loyalty in, in a way by optimizing the omnichannel experience. And we've seen digital to physical really rise to the top over the past 18 months or so. Omnichannel fulfillment in particular, playing a really big role, faster delivery services, all of these little, well, I say little, but pretty big for retailers that they can stand up these experiences in order to differentiate in some capacity. I guess my question for you is, how do these omnichannel capabilities, these services, that retailers are trying to put out into market, how do they play into the whole pricing approach under the hood? Because, you know, you were talking about you have to get the margin out of this, right? So you want to make sure it's the best possible price, that they have the best possible experience, but there's always that question of to what end or at what expense, right? So, I mean, how does this all come together, if at all? Yeah, so really good question. And of course, it varies based on retailer, right? There are some pure e-commerce players who have been around for several years. There are other retailers who are just recently waking up to, oh, wow, we need to do omnichannel right. But if you think about a large percentage of retailers, omnichannel was always that secondary part of their core strategy, right? A lot of them were traditional brick and mortar retailers and online sales might've been a rounding error. It might've been that other team that sits away from the other merchants. It might've been kind of, if you think of it from a pricing perspective, it might've been, we match our most common price or we match store X because it's the most indicative or our online price is our highest price and then, or our lowest price, right? There's all sorts of things they did, but there wasn't a real focus for a lot of customers on their online price. And obviously Amazon shook that up a lot and it continues to shake it up and and will continue to do that. But I think in the past couple of years with the growth of Omnichannel, we're seeing a large interest in people reinvesting in their online Omnichannel strategies. And it's a whole new opportunity, right? Because people shop differently online, right? You have different product affinities. I buy X with Y in store, maybe I buy X with Z online. You have different pricing thresholds because the convenience factor is different. You have different competitors online than you have from a brick and mortar perspective. So there's a whole lot of things to consider for retailers. And we're seeing a lot of activity now where people are saying, okay, I thought I knew what my most important items were, but they're different online. Help me figure out, help me do a key value item analysis for my online business. Or I thought I understood which categories were margin categories, which ones were traffic driving categories online. But no, it's completely different, right? So so we know that shopping online is a different experience. It's a different behavior, different audience altogether. You know, certain people are more likely to walk into a store than shop online. So I think that it opens up a world of opportunity from a pricing strategy perspective to really go in and build a pricing strategy for not just the current, but for the future, right? To make sure that you're considering all the key things that go into building a robust strategy, all the things that you would have considered for your brick and mortar business two years ago, you now have to do that for online. And again, it it varies by retail channel and vertical, but I think a lot of retailers are waking up to the, the potential that exists here. Fascinating. And there are two other potential influencers, I guess you could say, in the whole pricing equation that I I would love your thoughts on. And I apologize if we are (laughs) um, peeling back a a very large onion that's very complex. But you mean, I mean, two that that really rise to the top for me are inflation, which I, I believe I saw an article where he shared some perspectives on how inflation impacts pricing, but then also a lot of supply chain issues that retailers have had to navigate as of late 
of course, this ties to access to raw materials for manufacturing, and then there's also getting products from point A to point B, the logistics challenges, a lot of things going on that I could assume ultimately trickled down to impacting pricing in some way. Definitely. So let me start with inflation because you threw out inflation and supply chain. So inflation, if you think about it, right, we're in a unique situation up 5.4% in June, which is the highest in 13 years. So we haven't seen inflation rates like this in the past 13 years. And then coupling all the other things I already talked about, how the increased competitive transparency, the, the brand loyalty being at an all-time low, and that makes inflation extra scary. So why pricing is so important is because inflation is fundamentally a pricing issue, right? Inflation by definition means pricing is going up, which also means costs are going up for retailers, right? So if you think about the way retailers traditionally manage cost increases, they range from sophistication to in different levels. But the traditional way is, okay, my cost went up X, I'm going to raise it Y, right? It went up 10%, I'm going to raise it Y percent, or I'm going to maintain my penny profit. Or we have a policy at this company where if it goes up 5%, we'll wait and see what the competitor does. And if it goes up 10%, well, you know, but it's very much rules-based and doesn't have the robust analytics or science. And ultimately, who ends up losing is the retailer loses and the customer, the end consumer loses, right? Because most of the time when there's price increases due to inflation, the cost went up for the retailer. They pass some percentage of that on to the consumer. And then both the consumer and the retailer oftentimes are left in a worse situation. Now, with optimization, that fixes the problem in a lot of ways because we're able to actually really look at the assortment and say, yeah, we have some cost increases here, but let's not raise prices on everything. In fact, this is a unique opportunity if we have the right data and analytics and we know which items are most important to consumers to actually maybe take some price decreases or not take any price increases on these most important items. So what ends up happening is, is the retailer has to recover some of that margin. And what optimization enables them to do is, it enables them to improve their competitive position on those most important items, drive revenue, units, market share, price perception in the industry, while taking the prices up on the ones that are less important to consumers. And that helps cover the margin on the back end. Meanwhile, the customer with a more increasingly squeezed budget because inflation's hitting them everywhere, not just retail, right? It's hitting them with everything they do. They are now finding better prices on those most important items at retailers who use optimization, where it's weird because retailers who aren't using optimization, they just saw prices go up. So retailers who use optimization during inflation, it's a win-win situation. It's a win for the retailer. It's a win for the consumer. So I think that's really powerful. And in some ways, price optimization was almost fundamentally designed around this unique challenge and has always risen to the challenge. And we're seeing that with some of our customers and some of the numbers we see versus what's happening in the industry. I can move to the supply chain part of that. And I guess fundamentally, when it comes to pricing, right? Pricing ultimately can determine your unit velocity, right? If your supply is low, you raise prices, your supply is high, you lower prices, whether that's through promotions, whether that's through just changing your base price. But at the end of the day, pricing is the fastest lever you can pull to change your unit velocity, which in turn can help with inventory challenges in the supply chain. And we've all been on the tail end of that, right? So I had to get a new fence put in this year. Wood was at an all-time high and prices went up. And because I just had to get the fence this year, I just I just took it and paid a lot more for that. But pricing is the fastest lever a retailer can pull 
to, to some degree, mitigate the supply chain challenge. Now, there's a lot of supply chain initiatives they need to embark on if they're having supply chain challenges, right? What, you know, pricing, maybe if it's a severe supply chain pr- problem, is really just a bandage. But at the end of the day, it can help you get through those instances. So definitely a lot to consider, a lot going on that is impacting retailers' current practices and how they may be even thinking about pricing or, or how to adapt their strategies. So I mean, have there been any new issues that have emerged, um, I guess, challenges for retailers, right? Because it's one thing to say, okay, these issues exist. I acknowledge them. This is something that we need to work around. And it's a completely different thing to actually do something about it, right? So I mean, what are you hearing from the market right now? Are there any new realities around how their pricing strategies need to adapt or future-proof in in a way? Because I feel like this complexity and this volatility is is probably not going to go away anytime soon. No, that's a fantastic question. So obviously, the last couple of years have thrown some curves at the retail industry. And the one big thing coming out of it is that now is the time to build the, the next normal, right? Then the new strategies that will take a retailer into the future with a very successful best practices, optimization, AI, et cetera. And this touches on all fronts, right? So if you think about where retailers are today versus where they were 18 months ago, right? Your competitive landscape has completely changed. You're now competing against different competitors, right? There'll always be those classic Target versus Walmart type of competition things going on. But there's also a lot of brand new players. There's a lot of new regional players. There's a lot of pure e-commerce players that have risen. So your competitive landscape has changed. Your items, the most important items for your business have changed completely. Demand has shifted completely, right? You think about like dress shoes versus activewear, right? Activewear has grown incrementally, whereas some of those things we used to wear for business trips and conference rooms, people aren't wearing that frequently anymore. And we see that with all sorts of categories. And what this means is a fundamental change in your pricing strategies altogether, right? If you're doing the same thing you did two years ago, it's time for a a refresh. And every retail vertical is experiencing something different. So you think about, we talk about omni-channel and that's huge for most retailers, right? But there are some formats like C-stores, or pharmacies, or more the dollar type stores, where it's all about getting traffic into your store. That is, frequencies become an issue. You know, now that people are getting vaccinated, but then there's Delta, it's like, what's going to happen to our long-term frequency, right? So that's an issue that's more pressing to some retailers. So I think it really comes down to the same conclusion that it's a new world, and we need to have the right strategies in place, and we need to infuse it with analytics, we need to infuse it with best practices, But it could be a completely different challenge for different retailers. And of course, obviously, some of them are global, right? Like inflation is hitting everyone. Sustainability is a trend that is growing and very important and needs to be addressed via all things, supply chain, pricing, etc. And these are just some of the many things that are hitting retailers. And again, I think listening to the customer, we mentioned it earlier, but every retailer has a different customer than one another, even in the same retail vertical. So that's why it's important to start with your customer. Look at their data. Look what they're buying. Look at their shopping behaviors. Look what happens when you take the price up or down or you promote something. And really start with that and start going from there to figure out what's the best next steps. And that's what the most sophisticated pricing teams are doing. So with that, Matt, let's dig a little bit into the value of AI in this entire process, right? Because data is coming from everywhere. 
obviously teams need as much help as they can get in terms of determining where to place their bets, where to act and why. So how does this all work? I mean, at a fundamental level, I understand AI and how it works, but how is it applied through pricing strategy and price optimization specifically? Yeah, so really good question. So AI is essentially the system learning, and it's learning because it's bringing in new data that it didn't know the week before. And that new data could be anything. It could be changes in demand patterns, right? Things are becoming less popular or more popular, right? So it could be one of these trends that hit during COVID, right? More people are getting pets. So pet foods and pet supplies are on the rise. More people are doing gardening or baking bread. So that goes up, right? Or fewer people are doing something that, you know, buying suitcases or things like that, right? So it could be demand-based, but it could also be new information based on what your competitors are doing, right? Your competitor took a price up, they took it down. It could be based on costs, right? So inflation is an input, right? Inflation, it's not like a button was pushed and all prices went up for all retailers, right? It's a cascading thing where some of the vendors will hold on to that cost for a while before passing it to a retailer. So it's a slow-moving process, right? So these are all things that are evolving rapidly and changing dynamically and what AI does is it takes in all of those new inputs. It could do it at a weekly level. It can even do it at a daily level for some of our more sophisticated clients. And what we're doing is then we're taking that and saying, okay, things have changed. So what was the right move a week ago, a month ago? Now let's reconsider based on the rules that you've put in place and also based on the strategies and financial objectives and business objectives you wish to achieve. Because the other thing to remember about AI and price optimization and, and what we do is, is we make your strategies come to life, right? We do it more effectively, we do it more efficiently, and we do it based on your data. If you want to drive profit, we'll help you drive profit. You want to drive revenue, we'll help you drive revenue. You want to beat your competitor, we can help you beat your competitor, right? But the best part about it is finding that balance where we can often drive what we call trifecta growth, where you're growing your revenue, your profit, and your units, all at the same time that you're improving your competitive position. And that's what AI can do. It can bring in all of these inputs and get smarter as things evolve. And if there's one thing we know, we know retail has evolved. It's evolving every day. It's evolving faster than ever has before. New categories are becoming popular. New competitors are becoming relevant. New channels are growing. So you need to balance that all out. Now, an individual merchant sitting at their desk isn't going to be able to balance out all of these billions of variables that are floating around that should impact the price of one item, right? And they won't be able to understand what that does to the portfolio of the entire company across all channels, across all stores, across all regions, right? So that's where it really pays to have a centralized kind of approach that can really help solve these problems. And then, yeah, then a lot of common sense comes into it from a merchant perspective, right? You still have to have people who understand their products, understand what's going on, and it's a combination of the science and the best practices that can make AI really powerful once it's adopted. And now, a word from our sponsor. Retail is embarking on a new digital-driven era. What new opportunities await for your business? What new ideas are just waiting to be discovered? You can find it all at the 2021 Retail Innovation Conference. We're going digital again. For two jam-packed days of tactical sessions, thought-provoking discussions, and AI-powered matchmaking and mentoring sessions with some of retail's brightest minds. Join executives from Neiman Marcus, Adore Me, and Crate and & Barrel for one of the industry's top events on all things innovation. Register for free. Yeah, you heard that right. At retailinnovationconference.com. 
That's retailinnovationconference.com. Just you breaking it down for me, Matt, it's pretty clear that AI can help address a lot of these complexities, a lot of the nuance that we've been talking about throughout our conversation today. So I have to wonder, I mean, where is adoption currently? Have you seen an uptick, either an interest, implementation, or both as a result of everything that's been happening over the past 18 months? Have there been any objections, I guess, around, is this right for us? Or I don't think we need to invest because again, I'm saying this from the outside in, and maybe it's different internally that I'm like, wow, this is actually very cool. It allows us to save time, manpower, and it allows us to make the most profitable decisions for the business. But what are you hearing from the market collectively? Yeah, so the market is in an interesting place, right? So if you think about last year, last year, retail had to put all hands on deck to address COVID. They had to go from maybe no curbside to curbside within a couple of weeks. They needed to make their stores safe. They needed to bring in all of these new procedures and really address some severe supply chain challenges that were caused by COVID, right? So you think about kind of the what the real focus was last year, and you'll always hear all of those things, right? It's about safety, making sure you could create that omni-channel experience, making sure that everything was operating because for some retailers, it was life or death, right? You had to close your stores and you had to find a solution, right? So now we're coming out into 2021. And what we're seeing is, is okay, we've done all of those, you know, I don't want to say basics, because that definitely undermines the fantastic efforts and the Herculean things that were done by retailers to solve that challenge of last year. But now we're coming out of into 2021. And we're now trying to figure out where do we go from here. And strategy from a pricing perspective is one of the critical elements that retailers are investing in. And the reason why is simple, right? Like pricing, like I said, is the fastest lever you can pull to impact any of your financial metrics, to impact your supply chain, to impact unit velocity, your price perception, your branding. So it's a major thing now, and we're, we are hearing that from a lot of our customers, we're hearing that from prospects, there's just that reinvestment in, in pricing. And let's build a pricing strategy to now approach this new normal, address this new reality that we're in. Now that we've solved for these other things, it's time to get back to let's have the best strategy on the market and beat our competition and make sure that we're driving enough margin with our online and curbside and all of those other things where maybe before they were a smaller percentage of our business. Yeah, that's great. So as we start to think about the future, right, and that's kind of our goal right now from an editorial perspective, helping position retailers for future success. I mean, do you have any takeaways or lessons just based on the various retailers that you work with day in and day out around how to ensure success? Like if a company decides to make this move to more sophisticated pricing strategies, price optimization powered by AI, any, I guess, points for success, things that they should keep in mind as they go through this journey? Yeah, definitely. So the very first thing I would say is don't let perfection get in the way of progress, right? So you think about where you can start today to make your pricing more effective. Because at the end of the day, if you're waiting to have everything perfect, then you might not ever go live with anything or you might not ever have the right solutions in place. And retail evolves rapidly. So you need to be able to evolve anyway from the progress that you've recently made. The other thing I would say is, is making sure that your data 
is really in a good place. And there are several layers of data, right? And I don't want to get into data discussions here on the podcast, right? But if you don't have a good understanding of what your customers are buying and what's on promotion versus what's on base price, you don't have any robust transactional data or you don't have any robust customer analytics, those are all things that you can start investing in that will make pricing more effective for you once you go down the journey of pricing. And then when it comes to actual pricing, Again, it's find that low-hanging fruit, and and oftentimes the ROI on pricing, if you do it right, can be so high, it can fund the next step on that journey. So a good example would be maybe you haven't refreshed your item strategy in a while, and you don't really understand which items are the most important for your business, and you're not using robust science and analytics. Do that. Make that investment. Run an item strategy. Find out which items are the best to promote. Find out which items are the best to be EDLP on, right? And then... Take that, and that can be an input into the next step of the journey, which could be you know, a full-blown price optimization solution that, that enables you to then take that insight and be more effective once you go live in the tool. There's just so many other things you can do. You can look at your competitive strategy. Am I the right percentage against the competitor? Do I have any analytics? Do I have any analytics to see what my competitors are doing? Are they moving up or down? Do I know how effective my promotions are, right? You can invest there. You know, it depends. Every retailer is different. But one thing that we know for sure, having worked with a lot of retailers, a lot of promotions are not effective. A lot of promotions are a drain on profits and don't drive much additional revenue or actually drive negative revenue. So we know that there's a lot of small baby steps you can take to get to that great future state. And it starts with understanding your customer. It starts with working to find out what the best technologies and analytics are that are out there and just kind of building that pipeline to success to make sure here's our vision. Three years from now, we want to go full-blown optimization on everything, right? Two years from now, maybe, right? So I think it varies by retailer. Some are very sophisticated and already using a lot of things. So it's about a refresh in their strategy, right? A tune-up. But I think one of the things that we're that I enjoy about my job is getting to see different retailers go on this journey and to see where they are when we start and where they are when we finish and just all the value that they're able to generate. And, and you see sometimes even small pricing teams become large pricing teams as there just becomes more value generated and, and more opportunity to become really a strategic thought partner for the business and a real profit center. I love that. And of course, we have a few folks now that are likely thinking about holidays since we'll be releasing this in the heart of holiday planning period. So is there anything from that perspective you think is worth to uh, close out on? I mean, if you're already deep in the holiday, I would say hopefully you've put the right strategy in place already. But even if you haven't, I mean, there's there's still a lot of great analytics that can come into play. One thing that I would say, and just this is just what we know is that don't wait too long to start your markdowns. If there's one best practice that I, I have to preach from a Clarence markdown perspective, it's that too many retailers wait until there's no demand left and then it's too late. And then it's not just bad from a sell-through and capture rate perspective. It's also bad from a sustainability perspective, right? It creates more waste, creates more products that are salvaged or depend on what happens to those products afterwards. It could be worse for the earth in general. So I think, again, you, you can't go wrong if you know your customer. You can't go wrong if you reach out and ask experts who have done this, who have helped other retailers. It doesn't hurt, right, to have the right analytics, the right capabilities. And again, your holiday strategy might already be baked at this point, but you know that doesn't mean that you can't 
move dynamically, swiftly, and adjust. And if you have the right analytics and the right partners who know what to do with those analytics, you can have better success. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. Pricing is a fascinating topic, but definitely one I don't know much about. So I I appreciate you taking the time out, breaking down the trends, breaking down all the different influencers and what retailers can do to level up their strategies. Thank you again so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, to all of you listening, I hope you found this conversation as fascinating as I did, and it even gave you some ideas and inspiration for you to address and optimize your evolved pricing strategies. If you have any feedback or follow-up questions for this episode, please drop us a line on social media at our touchpoints on Twitter or through retail touchpoints on LinkedIn, or you can always reach us through your preferred podcast player in the comments. We would love to to hear what you have to say about this conversation or the series in general. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and frankly, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.